I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 52 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is my good friend Alan Sanders of the, what do you know, Alan Sanders Show. Welcome back to to my show, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> yes, I am my own brand. I've decided, you know what? Forget the clever names. Forget the just the Alan Sanders show. Who cares? It's a, cool. Thankfully, there's only one. And my wife is very happy that there's only one. Yeah, uh, that's true. Only only one in, in your household. Yeah, that, that makes sense, too. No, no, she, she, yeah, she's happy that there's only one of me, period. She's like, geez, <laughs> I well, could she, handle she, more than you. She chose you, so that's good. You know, it means it means one is one is more than enough. Well, we've all made mistakes. Just because she chose. Okay, but you can you can you can rectify those mistakes. As as let's put it this way: as all three of us know, both you, me, and Susan, you can uh, you know rectify those mistakes. There 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 are options. Whether or not you want to go through that pain again, that's a separate issue. But I'm saying it's it's still a possibility. That's true. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. It's almost like we started the last minute on about the same same kind of note. (laughs) More or less. More or less. But that's why it's so much fun. What can I tell you? (laughs) So minute 52 begins with Annie getting in the last word and ends with Ernie thinking that uh, he's probably figured it out. So yesterday, Mm -hmm. you know, we had we had the whole wedding scene and then we had, uh, you know, the fake rain. And Ernie, you know, chivalrously uh, holding an umbrella up for both uh, Mary and George as they're on their way to his cab. You know, they get in the cab and they drive away. And and then we had, uh, you know, the, the the three the three elderly ladies, even though they're they don't look that elderly. You know, they look out more elderly than they probably are. Uh, you know, well, we talked all about that yesterday. But uh, so, you know, you have Ma Bailey and then you have Mrs. Hatch and you have Annie all standing there, you know, looking sad as they're they're watching the that cab leave. You know, we ended things yesterday with Ma Bailey basically saying, oh, it's so sad that, uh, you know, first Harry and now George, you know, it's just us old maids left here. And Annie opens this minute by saying, you speak for yourself, Mrs. B. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you want to call yourself an homemade guy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I'm not in that category. Yeah, it, it's, it's a nice little comic touch. Yeah, I, I like the way that they, they did that. You know, I mean, can, can I ask you a question? Of course, you can. Can did George Lucas get his idea for Princess Leia's buns from her? I, I was thinking of that. It, it is, it's possible. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe maybe that that type of hairstyle was you know prominent in 1945. Because that's all I see when she turns enough away that her profile kind of disappears, and you just got the side shot of her buns on the side of her head. I'm like, that's Princess Leia. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, what, you know the 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 fact that they're they're talking about the fact that the three of them are are apparently very old. Right, so we we talked a little bit yesterday about uh, about Ma Bailey, about her age and stuff like that. But uh, you know, what do you think the ages, the the true ages of these three women are? Oh, as the actors versus as the actresses, the, yes, as the play? actresses. Um, I'm gonna guess they look well left to right. I'm gonna go left to right. So first so you got you got Mrs. Hat. Right, Mrs. Hatch, I'm saying probably 60 to 65, 
probably at least 65 to 70. And then the housekeeper, actually probably younger, more in her late 50s. Okay, well, first of all, they're they're all within 10 years of each other. Okay. Right? Uh, and we're talking again, real life. Yeah, that's, that's just based on what they look like now. Not thinking, well, what would they look like to me if I lived then, but what it looks like to me now in 2023 or 2024. Correct. Right. Um, actually, sorry, it's, they're they're twenty years apart, not uh, not not ten. So the the oldest of them is uh, Mrs. Hatch, who was played by uh, Sarah Edwards, who was born in eighteen eighty one. So therefore, you know, she she was sixty four when when she when this movie came out in nineteen forty five. Then the next you have is uh, Beulah Bondi, who was born in eighteen eighty nine. So therefore, she's eight oh, years she's younger. younger? That's that's uh, Ma Bailey. Well, I got that back. That's right. Ma Bailey is eight years younger, which which then would mean that that she's in her mid fifties. Yes. You know, which again is just mind boggling thinking about that fact. You know that she that, that she's fifty six. I don't know if it's how she's yeah. carrying herself, maybe, and how she's maybe dressed, but she she seems old. I mean, the two obviously are both older, but I would have thought that Mrs. Hatch was the oldest of the three not the middle or i don't know how old the the housekeeper is but right now <laughs> i would guess that she was older right okay that's fair and the youngest of all of them is is annie lillian randolph who was born in 1898 which means that she is 40 47 at this point okay uh you know so well, I, I that's the only one I got right. I said that she probably looked like her late forties, early fifties, maybe. Yeah. So not, that's right. The closest I was the closest on Annie, and I got the other two completely wrong. Well, I said mid sixties for Ma Bailey. Right. So you're you're off by that one about ten years, you know, more or less. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and and they also all three of them uh, lived quite quite long lives. You know, Lillian Randolph uh, passed away at the age of 81 in 1980, uh, you know, Annie. Mm-hmm. And then Beulah Bondi passed away in 1981 at the age of 91. Uh, and, and she actually died on my birthday. <laughs> wow. So that's a lot. I had nothing to do with it. To your 90s. That's not bad. I, that's what I'm pushing right. for. I've, I want to get to my 90s. I've, I've actually heard I've actually heard that, you know, the, the 80s is considered, you know, a very difficult uh, decade to get through, but then most people, once you get through that, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of people who will continue to survive longer, you know, once, once they start their nineties, hmm. you know, they're the nineties and making it into, you know, sometimes they're, they're centennials. Uh, that's what I heard. I, I don't know. I, I still have uh, quite a while to go till I, yeah. till I get there. I got 40 I like, years to get to my nineties. So, yeah, I'd like you know. to find this out. So I'll let you know too. Yeah, and and I'd like to not just find it out. I'd like to find it out and remember. Yes. You know, <laughs> well, that, that that would be good. And be aware. How's that? You know, that's something <laughs> we talk about a little bit uh, on our radio show on Saturday. Is one of the shows that I'm on. It's a little bit more about culture and a little bit lighthearted. Is a lot of things can start to fail. You can get little aches and pains. You can go maybe a little slower. But as long as you've got your mental faculties, and that's 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 really the thing I want more than anything is to make sure that. I can still stay mentally sharp. Well, you want to stay mentally sharp, but you also still want your body to function. Well, yeah, you but know, you, you don't I you don't want to be you don't want to be stuck. Marathon. You don't want to be no, not running a marathon, but you don't want to be stuck in a in in you know in a wheelchair where your mind is just racing the whole time, but you, your body is not uh, being able to follow through on anything. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I'd like to stay physical, and I, I pay attention to what I eat and what I do, but. In my pursuits, like what I do for radio, for broadcast, as long as my voice and my brain's working, I can at least keep doing that. And right. OK, That's true. I mean, you're right. I obviously, ideally, I want to be, you know, hopping and kicking until all of a sudden I just all of a sudden I'm gone. Maybe somebody That's can right. Thanos and we'll just won't have to worry about dying. Just we'll just blink out. No, no, no. I don't think that would be good for the people around us. <laughs> I, I won't be yeah. worried about it. That, that I realize, yes. <laughs> well, no, but 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 the question is, is you know, did, when everyone was was snapped out by Thanos, did they were they aware? You know, they they were some of them were obviously aware that they were disappearing, but you know, when 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 you watch uh, Endgame, 
you know, they do mention the fact that, uh, you know, they, they were gathered together and brought back or something like that. You know, I, I remember uh, Peter Parker saying something like that. Mm, I have to go back and watch because I do know in all of the shows that were kind of tie ins to it and later movies, people would all of a sudden just show up when they were blinked back in and not have any recollection that five years had passed. That is correct. That's correct. No, I mean, obviously, when when, uh, you know, when when uh, Ant-Man came back, he didn't realize how long had passed. Yes. So. Well, but he didn't blink wasn't away. blinked out. Ant-Man. Right. Was he didn't blink quantum. away. He was in the quantum. That's right. He was in the quantum. And people are saying to themselves, we came here to talk, to listen to people talking about it's a wonderful life. How the hell did you get into the MCU? <laughs> Look, you talked about lasting for a long time. And then when do you want to go out? And how you want to go out? And I thought maybe. I know. If I know how we got there. <laughs> I know how we got there, but I'm just saying someone who's coming in the middle will say, Can oh, I, I, I just turned on the wrong podcast. I'm still <laughs> it happens more. We'll get kind of back around to this about age. When I was a lot younger, never, ever thought about death. But then in my just post college, kind of like just getting my life underway. I went through a small period where I was just like, well, what does happen? Where do we go? Where is there something? You know, I don't know what happened for about a year or so. I was just kind of filled, not every night, but, and then all of a sudden that went away. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to take care of myself. I want to make sure that I'm constantly learning new things, doing new things. I'm not even going to worry about it. It's going to happen. I can't stop it. So why waste any mental energy on it? That is correct. I, I agree with you on that. You know, and as you said, we won't know the difference. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still trying to lead the good life just in case there is something that I need to be worried about in the next one. That is correct. It's the way to do it. <laughs> I'm going to play the odds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after, after Annie makes this comment, uh, you know, then, then Tilly like uh, eases over to, uh, to Ma Bailey and gives her a hug, you know, and you can see that she has the, you know, the, the box of rice in her hand, the iris rice, you know, she's laughing, you know, you, you know, Tilly's the one you mentioned yesterday. Was she the one who, who gets to scream? They're coming, they're coming, mm -hmm. you know, to the cousin who we don't know where we're, we're not really sure how she's a cousin, you know, is she, is she a Bailey or is she from the other side or something like that? She's just known as cousin Tilly. Don't know. <laughs> and then the, the scene changes and we're in the cab. You know, we, we see Ernie driving and, and he's he's doing a very difficult job driving. You know, <laughs> I was going to comment on he, this. He looks like he's really, really stressed. Maybe it's because of the rain. He's not used to driving around Bedford Falls in the rain. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe there's just a lot of people in, in the street, which we'll, we'll find out about a little bit uh, later, possibly. You know, are there people running back and forth in the street? I don't know. And and we can see in the back that uh, George and Mary are just uh, going to town. Yep. They're they are they are they're, they're, they're now they're legal. <laughs> they're legal. <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> they're legal. You know what though? Because you know this is the technique uh, that they employed a lot in that day before they had the ability to really take a lot of cameras out and go live. It's shot static and the movie is behind them. Like they've got a screen set up out the yeah. back window mm -hmm. to pretend like they're really driving. What is kind of cool is I'm wondering if whoever went and got the B roll of, you know, looking behind, looking in front, looking at the side, were they shooting it multiple cameras at the same time? Because the driver is doing what looks like a pretty hard turn, right? Almost like he's like, whoa, whoa, we got to hit this. And it matches in the back a hard turn in the right direction. I'm wondering, is he watching something out of the front that would tell him, well, the, the B-roll driver was taking a hard right. So I got to match the hard right to match the video in front of me, which is being filmed simultaneously behind. It's just kind of a neat thing that as a movie movie making technique, they were not actually on the road. It was all done in studio, but he's matching the wheel movement with what's happening on the window. Yeah. And I, I think, I, I think you're right. I think it's the idea that, okay, Ernie, now you're making a right turn. Now you're driving straight, you know, uh, you know, he's getting the direction as to how he should be reacting. But he matches so. it so well. I almost wonder, like I said, yeah. if they shot 
Like, do they have a camera? And I would want to know. The only way you'd have to know is if you could get notes from whoever shot the B-roll. Did they set a camera on the back looking out for the back shots and a camera up front for the front shots? Filmed them simultaneously, like just drove through town to get both those. And is he, is Ernie watching a screen that we don't see right now? Is he watching a screen so he can more naturally follow the curves with the wheel? Right. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. We'll, we'll have to find someone who was who's who's around when they made these movies this way to to find out what they did. One thing's for sure, he uh he's very animated as a driver. Oh, he's very animated. <laughs> he's very animated. And then he he starts talking and he goes, "Well, if either of you two see a stranger around here, it's me." <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid line. It's a completely stupid line because basically, I mean, as as anyone who's seen Taxi Driver knows, you know, the, the the job of a taxi driver is to basically shut up and and let anyone do whatever they want in the back. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. it. You're you're not supposed to be there. You know, <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to 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 draw attention to yourself like right. he's doing here. Right. You know, it's well, like, it's, OK, I'm driving. Do whatever you want in the back. I will take you to where you need to go. Well, And this is what threw me, because. Obviously, he's been the hired cab to take them to the airport or to wherever they're going to start their honeymoon. But I'm assuming train station, but yeah, yeah. same but the, thing. But he's got a, a which we're going to get to. Someone said, oh, hey, so-and-so gave me this to give to you. So it's not like they're unfamiliar. Like they, sh- So the whole idea of being a stranger, it's not exactly like a big town either. He knows everybody in Bedford Falls. How is the cab driver a stranger? No, he's not a stranger. He's saying it, he's saying it sarcastically. Well, it's, Meaning- it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like even as a joke, if anybody sees a stranger, it's me. Well, but you're not. No, I, what he's I, basically I, saying is, is okay. You guys are make you guys are making out in the back. Okay, if you happen to notice that there's someone else around here, it, it's actually me. You know, someone who's not part of what the two of you are doing well, in the guess, back. I I didn't. Th- I guess I didn't think of it that way. That's the way I. That's the way I, a, that's the way I interpreted party. it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So so you showed me for being an idiot. Um. I just didn't hear it that way when he goes, if there's a stranger, I'm like, what are you talking about? You can say if there's a third wheel around here, if you feel like there's somebody who shouldn't be in here. It just felt weird for him to call himself a stranger. That's all. So that's no, but it's the idea. It's the idea that, okay, two people are, um, uh, I guess, emotionally and physically locked upon one another. And he's basically saying, if you happen to notice that there's someone else around here who is a stranger because he's not part of what's going on, uh, just just so you know, it's me. Now, how does so, he know what they're doing behind him? Because he never, ever, not once, as as animated as he is, never acts as if he's looking up in what would be a rear view mirror, which, by the way, at this time in this year, this car, there may not have been such thing as a rear window, rear view mirror for the driver to look through the back window. They may have only had the side mirrors. Correct. Um, so I have two two possible answers to that. One is maybe as soon as they got in the car, that's all they've been doing. So he kn- he knew from right away you know, that that's what they're doing. And the second thing is is that he has great hearing. That was that was my second interpretation. Sounds like someone's working a Hoover back there. What's going on? That's right. <laughs> I mean, basically, he's he's saying just you know keep keep the back seat clean. <laughs> put put a blanket down or something. <laughs> maybe <laughs> put the plastic down. <laughs> maybe maybe it's already you know maybe, yeah maybe maybe it's already uh, you know he maybe he took care of that beforehand. <laughs> you know maybe this isn't the first time he's driving newlyweds. You know it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and then he he uh, after he says that, so then uh, George. Uh, disengages and then says, Hey, there's somebody driving this cab, <laughs> you know, <laughs> going along obviously with the whole joke about the whole thing. And then Ernie just looks back and goes, Hey, Bert, Bert the cop sent this over. You know, he picks up a bottle of, of uh, a wrapped up bottle, which the assumption is it's champagne. And he says, He said to float away to Happy Land on the bubbles. Mm-hmm. That now, to me immediately conveyed that it's champagne. Or, exactly. some, or sparkling wine, but, you know, obviously. Correct. That is right. Now, do you know what Happy Land is? 
<laughs> okay. I, I left you a message earlier today before we were getting ready for this. And I'm like, you, I try every single time. What is he going to try to pick so I could have some kind of maybe factual research or knowledge? Never once thought you would ask me that. So no idea. <laughs> okay. So I, you see, I always interpreted this as, as a line saying, okay, you're going to get, yeah, you're gonna get drunk, and so you'll be in Happy Land, whatever it is. Just like as it's a saying. Did you know that there's really a place named Happy Land? That 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 I'm sure this is what he's referring to. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I was I was shocked when I when I looked this up. You know, I, I said I said I did, on the whim I decided I'll look up what's Happy Land. Eh, it must be you know I I wasn't expecting to find anything. So first of all, there is a town in Connecticut called Happy Land. Okay, that's not the one he's talking about. It's it's a, a a community in that's part of Preston, Connecticut. Um, in Oklahoma, there's a place called Happy Land. Uh, there is an electoral district in uh, Saskatchewan, Canada, that's also known as Happy Land. Okay. <laughs> then there are four amusement parks called Happy Land. Okay. okay. There 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 is one that that used to be in Vancouver. There's another one that used to be in Winnipeg, Manitoba. There is a third one that uh, was in Bangkok, uh, in Tha- in Thailand, Thailand, and then the the final one, which is the one oh, I'm assuming, he's... Kind of a, the one in Bangkok's a different kind of amusement park. That is probably true, but uh, you know, still, it's great it, for kids. It's still, it's still a happy land. <laughs> exactly. It's great. Wait, it's great for making kids, or it's great for no, no, no. Just well, it could be for both, but definitely good for kids if you're in Bangkok. That's right, exactly. And the one that I believe, the one that I believe he's referring to is the Happy Land Amusement Park, which is which was an amusement park in Staten Island. I I had no idea that there was even such a thing. So the fact that there were four of them. Yes. So um, my assumption is is that that he is referring to to the one in Staten Island. Uh, which is located in South Beach, Staten Island. What What's amazing is that, you know, they had a 15-acre uh, amusement park that uh, had numerous attractions and, uh, and landscape features. It opened in 1906. Uh, and the, the day it opened up, they had 30,000 people show up. Wow. It, it had a beachfront. Uh, they had, you know, different types of rides, including a circle swing, a magnetic house, a foolish house, a miniature railroad, an air, air, airship ride, a carousel, a shoot the shoot, which was a, rev- uh, they also had a revolving 190 foot tower. And beyond that, they had all the typical attractions that you have in amusement parks, you know, fortune tellers, card printers, uh, photography studios, and things like that. They had all these vaudeville uh, acts that were that were taking place there. They had a ballroom. They had a bandstand, roller rink, shooting galleries, penny arcades. I mean, this, this you know, this is Disneyland. You know, they, yeah. they they hadn't even they hadn't even opened up Disneyland yet. But this, you know, Disneyland uh, was open in was fifty five or fifty six, something like that, I think. So that's that's ten yeah. years away from from this. So, you know, the fact that 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 Ernie just throws out the idea that you're going to float away to, to, to happy land. Uh, <laughs> I, I really believe that this is what he's referring to. Well, it's your show. We'll let you, we'll let you continue with that belief. <laughs> yeah. You don't believe it. <laughs> I, I heard it the way you initially thought float away to happy land, meaning you're in bliss right now, whether it's drunken bliss, wedding bliss, love bliss. You're just in a, you're in this, you're in happy land. So you can float away on the bubbles for this, uh, I took it figuratively, not literally. Okay, so did I, but I think in this case, it it does warrant the fact that it is very possible. It is interesting that geographically located, maybe the first stop on their honeymoon is, let's start off at the the amusement park. Uh, It's possible. I I know a lot of people that are Disney freaks. They go to Disneyland for a honeymoon. They'll go to Disney World, Disneyland. Hey, let's go to Disney Paris or Tokyo or whatever, just to say we did it. I mean... There are people who like that. That's right. So maybe in 1945, people wanted to go to Happy Land. Oh, right yeah. after the war? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, I mean, this is literally after the war. 
you know, just just a few months later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, what this also says is that uh, apparently, as good of a friend as Bert is, he also wasn't invited to the wedding or just couldn't make it. Well, he's a cop. He's on duty. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or or he was on his way. Uh, or he 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 was afraid that that uh, you know he'd see Violet at the wedding and uh, have to go back home again. Maybe. <laughs> no, can I? You, you do know what I'm that? referring to, though, don't you? Earlier, uh, earlier in the movie, there's there's a point where uh, Bert and Ernie are are talking with George, and Violet walks by, and then Bert goes, "Hmm, I think I'm going to go home and uh, see if the wife's home." Yeah, <laughs> so, it's a funny, you know, just looking at Violet made made Bert want to go home and visit his wife in the middle of the day. Yeah. No, I think he went home, but I don't. <laughs> um, I you, you kind of derailed me with that, but. Jimmy Stewart, obviously a phenomenal actor, so many movies. But I got to tell you, this scene in the back seat, this this dialogue, all of it comes across as so campy and fake and over the top, I almost get pulled out of the movie. It's it's like I'm watching him purposely perform because he can be so genuine in other places. He's so good in other places, but this to me is one of the weakest moments of the movie. And it's just in his delivery. It's just like he's a 12 year old for the first time ever having cash in his hand. And he's and he's bragging and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And then it came across to me as just a little over the top. Right. Okay. I mean, this whole scene is is for us. It's not for Ernie. (laughs) You know, I mean, some of some of the dialogue there also is are things that that you think Ernie would already know. I mean, because you know, right after he gives him the the champagne, so George then says, "Oh, look at this old Bert champagne," and then Ernie goes, "By the way, where are you two going on this uh, this year honeymoon?" So mm-hmm. my first question is, is you know, as we mentioned earlier, he's probably taking them to you know the train station or something like that. You'd think they would have told him that you know <laughs> they, they wouldn't have just said take us to the train station. They say, okay, we have a train at uh, 206 that's leaving for New York. We need to be there on that for that train. You know, so it's a little strange that he's asking that question. Maybe. You know? I mean, I could also see that, you know, hey, take us to the airport or take us to the train station or take us to the to the boat or whatever. I, it's, I guess, and then he's just trying to make that small talk of, well, okay, once you get there, where are you going? Right. But I, it, that that didn't bother me nearly as much as the line that follows and and bringing this big wad of cash out. Yeah, for like, sure. And then he goes, what? then he goes, Look where are we money. going? <laughs> where are we going? Look at this. And then he fans out all the money. <laughs> and then and, he goes, and then oh, she does a pretty decent job. Was like I, I I feel like uh what a moonshiner's wife or a. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead, Alan. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, I just. I want to talk about in general before we get to the specific. It's just the rest of this moment is my weakest moment with Jimmy Stewart. Like of all the parts of the movie in anything else he's ever delivered, even up to this point, this part, I'm always like, I almost feel like, did you film this first? And you really hadn't figured your character out yet. Did the, was this a day that you just were all hopped up and you were just so excited. You just went over the top because generally I feel Jimmy Stewart's more controlled. He's, right. This, this scene just feels like he's on stage and he's trying to project to the back of the room, and it's it's so big that it's almost clownish. Well, again, he he does want to project to the back of the room because he wants everyone in the theater to hear. You know, so. <laughs> that's not the point of a movie. <laughs> exactly. Look, and I know this because I have this problem because I I started off in theater where you had to be a little bit bigger on stage to sell it to the audience. Right. Like you just learn you, the audience midway or halfway, I mean, or, or at the back of the theater, they are not going to pick up subtle things and you can't whisper. You have to, even if you're doing a staged whisper, you still got to be right. heard. And this is before uh, countrymen mics and things that you can wear that you almost don't even see the microphone like they do now. Now you're seeing more like film acting on stage. I don't know when the last time you've been to like a musical or anything at a big uh, theater, but because everyone can be miked with yeah, yeah, very invisible yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. But I started off and every director I've ever worked with in film has always said, I'd rather have a stage actor and tell him back it down because it's easier to tell an actor to 
okay, pull back, pull back. When you have a film actor try to go to stage, it's so hard because you're so used to being subtle with the camera, like four inches from you or 10 inches or 12 inches, where you can be very quiet and very subtle to then go big. Right. You feel goofy, so it's hard to do. Right. Okay. That, that's fair. And so he fans out the money and goes, there's the kitty Ernie. Here, come on. Count it, Mary. <laughs> Again, <laughs> very strange. Have, oh, it's, it's so over the top. Right. And it's funny that he refers to it as a kitty. Do, do you know what a kitty is? Well, I've always thought of that as having like the, 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 the prize or the prize pack. Like you got the whole kitty, the whole kitten caboodle. It's just kind of that vernacular. Yes, that, that's one I of the, know where it it's, it's one of the three definitions that I got. The one is a, a colloquial term for prize money or other money collected by a group. You know, that, that's the, the, and then the other two are related to card games. The other two things that, you know, um, so in poker, uh, a kitty is the pool of money that is built by collecting small amounts from certain pots often used to buy refreshments, cards, and so on. You know, that's the money that people, yeah. you know, uh, you know, they have to put in their, their, put, their kitty. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Put it. That's right. And there are card games where the kitty are additional cards that are dealt face down that are, you know, not used at that time. Obviously I think he's referring to the, to the, the first one that I mentioned, which is what you mentioned. It's more like this is, this is prize money. You know, mm-hmm. and again, that you know, it, it's I mean, he's at least smart enough not to say how much money he has at this point. You know, he's just fanning it out. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, we we do we'll find out we'll out find out when I, uh, either later this week or or I think beginning of next week exactly how much money that is. You know, but that's mm-hmm. a, it's it's a lot of money to be taking on a on a trip. That's for <laughs> you know they're they're you know what it also is weird, but it makes sense at the time. Because we, even looking back as a kid, like the thing you would do is have traveler's checks, right. or you wouldn't want to walk around with a lot of cash. Like I was at that age where credit cards were becoming more popular, but if you went like overseas, you would take traveler's checks because they were safe. If somebody stole them, you could get them reimbursed. The idea of walking around with a wad of cash today in our audience feels so weird compared to back yeah. then. Yeah, because now everyone just uses credit cards, you know. Uh, I, yeah, everyone's all digital. I mean, I'm at a point now where I've got my cards on my phone and I use Apple pay almost everywhere. And and the hardest thing is every now and then I get to a place where, oh, we only take cash or we need a, if you want to leave a tip, it needs to be in cash or something I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't, I don't have yeah, any I, cash. I, I have the same issue. Digital. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, for me, I use my credit card everywhere. And, and when I have cash, it's very strange, you know, to, Mm-hmm. How okay? Well, I'll, I'll give it away a little bit. Uh, we find out, you know, later in the movie that this is two thousand dollars that he has. How much do you think that two thousand dollars is worth today? Oh, probably at least ten times that. You're probably looking at maybe twenty grand. It is thirty-four thousand dollars. Okay. Jeez, even well, I forgot the last three years inflation really has. Okay, that's up, so. true. But but think about that. They're yeah. going they're going oh, on a vacation. They're taking thirty five thousand dollars on on a you know in cash <laughs> on a, on a trip. Do you realize? Holy crap! <laughs> I can't even I can't even imagine right now spending thirty five thousand dollars on a honeymoon. That's right. Like like today's money, thirty five thousand. Like and he's spending that ver- that that quantity back for his time. It's a, the equivalent. Yeah, I can't even wrap my mind yeah, around that. That's right. And and as you know, he like takes the money and puts gives it to Mary, and so she looks at it and she goes, "I feel like a bootlegger's wife." Look, <laughs> so you you know what a bootlegger is, right? Oh yeah, uh, bootlegging, especially living in North Georgia, but uh, anywhere in the South, uh, bootlegging the whole whole idea of illegally uh, ferrying and carrying um, booze, moonshine, homegrown alcohol uh, on the back roads to police, to people. And uh, the move, there's actually a move that bootleggers would do when they were being chased by the cops. And uh, if they had to go uh, backwards away from the cops and immediately do the hard turn and spin so that way they could then turn and go the other way. So much, we've seen that in so many movies. That's actually called the bootlegger. like, Like what Ernie just did. You know, when, <laughs> well, not exactly. It's when you're like you come up to a stop 
or you see the roadblock and you're like, you come to a stop and then the cops start coming after you and you hit, you punch it in reverse, get up enough speed and then jam the wheel to the left or right. And the front end comes flying around. And just as it comes around, you drop it and drive and you go. It's the bootlegger That's reverse. Right. It's actually called the bootleg turn. But yeah. It's... Well, <laughs> I've always heard of it as the bootlegger reverse. Yeah. But no, it's, it's the okay. exact same thing. I was just saying. It's sometimes, okay. It is sometimes called the bootlegger turn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I should be used to this now where I, I do have a wife who's always got to be right. I, I, that is not what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're my podcast wife <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> it's a good thing we're 5,000 miles away from each other. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, uh, you know, lately, so, uh, you know, in modern times, bootlegging is also, uh, you know, having audio or video recordings that are, uh, you know, released unofficially, uh, right. you know, bootlegging uh, videotapes or CDs or DVDs. Yeah. Remember like the that. day people would sneak a small little compact video camera into the movie theater so they could release that's the right. movie. To that's friends. right. That's, yeah, they would bootleg right. that's what Kramer did. You know, he did that once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the then uh george continues and goes you know what we're gonna do we're gonna shoot the works a whole week in new york a whole week in bermuda the highest hotels the oldest champagne the richest caviar the hottest music and the prettiest wife and then ernie gets really into this and goes Oof, that does it then what <laughs> you know and it's like <laughs> i think you should have stayed a stranger <laughs> you know you're you're not coming with us <laughs> You're you're dropping us off at the train station, <laughs> and and then George turns to Mary and goes, "Then what, honey?" And she goes, "After that, who cares?" And he goes, "That does it. Come here, come here." Now I want to. We'll come back to this because I know you're going through yeah. the dialogue, but I want you to pay attention if you haven't to the people running in the street behind them when they're talking about the bootlegger's wife and before they reset to the longer shot to get Ernie back in a little bit because it changes like they've rewound it and they gone back because they show the same scene coming up in a little bit with the people crossing behind them. It happens twice. Oh, wow. See, I, I didn't pay attention to that. You know, I, I do like the, I do like the added, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the way that they have the rain on the back windshield mm -hmm. showing that, okay, it, it's still raining outside and it's not raining uh, rice anymore. It's only raining, raining, uh, right. you know, water. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they continue talking and then Ernie just like slows down as, as they're talking. And it, it, it actually looks really strange the way that this, this happens because, you know, the, the we, we actually see that he already has opened the door. It's like, how did he open that door? <laughs> it's raining and he's he's somehow inconspicuously opened the door and is driving with the door open you know as he's looking back right which is strange because he's got the window down why not just look out the window <laughs> why do you have to have the door were you going to jump exactly that that's my point it's just very sure because the window is completely down it's not even you know, it's we, we don't even get him, you know, rolling down the window or anything like that. Right. And obviously they weren't getting wet. None of this was happening. And the strange thing the there's never a motion in the back for them to lower the rear window, either from the back seat of the cab. And yet in the reverse shot, when we see Ernie looking up the street, the back window right. is down too. continuity errors. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make any sense because they obviously because you would think, well, maybe as he was slowing down, they put the window down two to see. But no, because in terms of narrative, when he's saying, oh, look at that. And he stopped. That cuts back to the two of them. They're back in an embrace. And only then does he look out the back window. Jimmy Stewart here, you know, George Bailey. And he's like, oh, what? I was busy making out That's again, it. you know. And so there's no way he rolled the window right. down and they weren't driving with the window down. But it's here it is. Yeah, it's it's quite strange the the way that that uh, happens there. You know, because Ernie then says, "Don't look now," but there's something funny going on go, going on over there at the bank, George. And George goes, "Hmm." And then Ernie says, 
I've never really <laughs> seen one, but that's all that's got all the earmarks of being, and then he gets cut off with what he's saying. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, what is it? It's being something. Next week. Or just tomorrow. <laughs> not not next week. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it depends with you and me. Right. <laughs> okay, that's true also. <laughs> you know, and like you said, I mean the, the, the back window is open, but but George and Mary look through uh, sorry, the the back seat windows window is down, but George and Mary still look behind them through the the uh the rear window to try and figure out what's going on. Right. We'll have to wait and see tomorrow. Did they set this shot up to be faster poking his head out the window? But it doesn't make any sense because we why wouldn't he have rolled the window down after? Because in continuity, he wasn't even aware what was going on because he's first looking through the window. He wouldn't have rolled his window down while they were driving in right. the rain. So it's it's definitely out of order in terms of what would have happened to get that Correct. window down. And again, it's still really weird that he's driving with his door open forgetting about the fact that he can look out the window i'm just saying yeah. you know why would he why would someone do that why would you open the door slightly and continue driving while sticking your head out the, the door maybe it was product placement for the name of the cab well it's company. ernie's it's ernie's cab so right i know we had to see it right had to show ernie's cab that's true ernie's night and day so it, it it's strange because I think it's actually a setup for what will yep. come tomorrow. So we'll have to wait till tomorrow. But I think they just basically, in terms of production, they're like, okay, we don't want to take the time rolling the window down. We want continuous action when we move to the reverse, continuing whatever's happening. So we need to have the window down for later steps right. direction. And like you said, the front and back windows are down. So, you know, everyone's getting wet. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no no sense whatsoever. Maybe it's Ernie's way of keeping the inside of the cab clean. Yeah, no wonder the two of them were in the in the middle hanging on to each other. It's like, it's getting all wet. That's our, right. <laughs> by the driver's side, by the <laughs> exactly. door. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so, I mean, do you have anything else you want to talk about uh, with, with this minute? No, I think the biggest thing is the uh, the style of, of filmmaking, which I've always enjoyed whoever pioneered the idea of, you know, filming Wherever you are on B-roll, you send some team out, you know, film a windy road or film, walk, you know, moving through the streets. Well, they probably whatever. had stock footage so that way for, the main for, for most movies with that, don't they? Well, a lot of this looks like they shot it specifically to match the exteriors when they would do an exterior. It did look like the picket fences of Bedford Falls. I mean, when they were leaving the kind of more residential area, then when they got into the streets area, it looked it matches pretty evenly. So it just feels like this idea. And, and again, back then it was probably considered, look at that. It's like they're really dry. Now we yeah. can tell it's fake, but this, this idea that the main actors can be in a set all day long, protected or whatever. And it makes it look like they're driving, but they're really right. not, but it's still matched because I get, I go bananas when I see older movies or older TV shows using that same technique and you got the person doing, you know, with the wheel to the left, to the right. And it doesn't match right. at all what's happening <laughs> outside yeah. the projection. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, in a few weeks we'll, we'll talk about it. You know, when, when they start the, the when they have the, the little, uh, you know, clips, the clips of what's happening at the war. So there, there are scenes there also, which are partially, using B film in the background where you just have the, the actor standing there and then something is going on right behind them. And some of them are very difficult to tell whether it's real or not. You know, so they, they, they do a nice job there with it also later on. So, all right. Every Tuesday we have a segment called off the beaten track inspirational story edition where my guest will give some sort of adventure, misadventure story uh, anecdote, something that's happened to them over the course of their life that uh, was inspirational to them or to someone else. So, Alan, you have a story. So, I, hopefully, this fits. Um, this is something my wife and I ended up doing last year, and it ended up being something that we still to this day talk about the amazing adventure it was, the amazing experience. Um, we have a fenced in backyard, and we take our dogs out four times a day. And it was the evening, and I was out there, and it was sort of late i guess it was late summer and my dog started going bananas and it's a chain link fence they were going bananas against this area on the far corner of our of our back property 
where there's a lot of like uh, vines and, and kudzu and stuff. So it's kind of sh- it's an area that's purposely left uncut and mowed. It's just more like just natural. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, what are you, what are you guys barking at? Blah, blah. And I go over there. There is a baby raccoon stuck in the fence. I can't get out, like try to crawl through into my backyard and got stuck and got left oh, by wow. the mom. Just a band little, maybe, maybe based on the, uh, we, we figured this out later based on the teeth, maybe between six and eight weeks old, st- uh, barely a juvenile. And so, yeah, we don't know what we're doing, right? We're not wildlife people, but we are animal people. So I get, uh, you know, I get the dogs back. I'm, ta- I'm calling my wife on the phone so I can keep the dogs from trying to kill this thing. And, you know, I say, you know, bring me some gloves. I'm, you know, got to come see this. And so we got a tub. We got this. I, I was able to get some gloves on because the, this thing was scared as anything. And obviously, as any scared animal was trying to bite and just whatever. I was, but I was able to get her. I thought it was a her at the time. It turned out to be a him through the fence. And then, you know, we were like, well, what do we do? I'm like, well, I'm not going to throw it over the fence where it can just get killed at this point. I don't know where mom is, whatever. So we literally brought it in and began to nurse and bottle feed and take care of this raccoon. And we literally got it to the point where he was becoming a young juvenile. I got in touch with a wildlife specialist team because I was trying to find a rescue or somebody who could take it and bring it where it should go. And by that point, this, this raccoon had imprinted on me. Like I would go outside and play with the raccoon and he would run up and down on me and he would play. And then I would think he'd go run up the tree. I'd come down and he'd run back up on me. I mean, it was like a, it was like a pet. And we got in touch with a wildlife rescue, got it to a wildlife vet, uh, gave it a distemper shot, gave it a, a rabies shot to make sure that if it ever got in the wild, because the, the expert, this woman who, who rehabs raccoons said one of two things is going to happen. Being a male, his wild oats are going to kick in and he's going to go off looking for mamas and, or, you know, little, little honeys to turn into mamas and you'll never see him again. Or he'll go out for a few days and come back. He'll go out for a few days. Best thing to do, build like an outdoor house for him, get him transitioned outside. So that way he can go wherever he wants. But you know, he's totally felt healthy. He's totally fine. And it was the former. He was, he took off at one point, three days later came back. But then the next time he took off, didn't see him again. It was the most amazing experience to have an animal like that. That's not exactly a cat or a dog, something completely different. It was so much, it was just cool to, to make the network of friends and professional contacts to rehab, raise, get him healthy, get him on his own, teach him how to do all this stuff. So that way, when he was ready, he could go back out into the world. And I still look at the pictures and go, I would love another chance to have another raccoon. It was just one of the coolest experiences that i ever oh, wow. had with an animal so in other words you back to our mcu theme you want to have rocket raccoon uh you know as your pet we actually we named him rocky because i thought rocket was going to be too uh-huh. close <laughs> but no, we you, did mean, call you him didn't rocky. you didn't want to plagiarize um, I'll say, I'll you say wanted it to be you know. now here's the thing yeah for, for people who are in the area in my state here's the crazy thing in the southeast of the united states every single state around georgia it's okay to have a raccoon as a pet. It, it, you can have it as long as you get the shots and all, just like normal. But Georgia's no, not allowed. They don't want you to have a. They don't want you to have pet raccoon. So I had to be very careful about the rehab, and I had to go through a certain agency so I could be listed as one of their uh, a, a, a volunteers. I had to be basically certified as a wildlife rehab volunteer in case anybody came by because because of the law. If a DNR person came by or somebody reported me with this raccoon, the option is, and there's only one option is, well, we're not sure if this has rabies or not. Right. We're going to just kill it. Like oh, they would have wow. had to come kill the raccoon, which is so stupid. It's the, it was the coolest. It was, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I look back and I'll just like, I can't believe I had that opportunity. Like we may never get that opportunity again in our lives to rehab something like that. But it's just, to me, it just shows how amazing god's creatures are and to learn to just watch this little thing that was left abandoned and stuck and could have been mauled by my dogs and get it to the point where he's full grown going up and down the trees having a good time coming out playing with us and then eventually saying oh it's time to go off into the wild world and do my own thing so that that's been something i've been very proud of as a as an older adult to say i I, I rehabbed an animal 
See, I, I like that story. I, I And I do think it fits in here. So you, you, you get thumbs up for that one. <laughs> well, I'll send you some pics. I mean, it's you want to talk about the, the wildest thing is being a fan of the MCU and, and of the Guardians movies. I couldn't help but see everything like they did a great job with with the character of Rocket because he had so many of the same actual <laughs> raccoon mannerisms. It was so wow. it was almost surreal to have like an actual raccoon. Well, hopefully like he didn't Rocket. Uh, you know, steal anything from you. <laughs> no, he, 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 well, he did tell me he wanted right. some guy's okay. eye, right. but I said, makes no, I've, I've seen that movie. That makes <laughs> right. Alan, do you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find Alan Sanders? Yeah, you can find The Alan Sanders Show wherever you find great podcasts. Just do a search for The Alan Sanders Show. I'm also affiliated with the uh, the radio station in Atlanta, the the Clear Channel, one of the oldest, in fact, the oldest long-running uh, AM stations now, of course, on FM. You can go to wsbradio.com forward slash The Alan Sanders Show. That's my flagship and uh, just do a search, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Getter, Truth Social, and X, formerly Twitter. And, uh, you know, it is a political talk show, and but I do have a lot of thing? fun with what I do. <laughs> for, I think it should be for everybody. For me, it is, yeah. <laughs> if somebody else is, if somebody else is no, having I'm, a bad day, that's on them. I'm having do fun. do what we enjoy. That's what I was, that, that was what I meant. Not just on Alan's show. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I there there are those of us who enjoy your show every day too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, you are a listener, and I I do. And you know what? I One like of these it. days, I'll give you to start listening to my show. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to episodes. I know, I know, I know, I know. You don't have time. You're you're too busy, which which is good. That's fine. I'm I'm just someone who's never busy, apparently, uh, or never busy with real things. I'm busy. I'm busy just with with movies and and listening to talk shows. (laughs) That's right. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie around minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on X slash Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movieaminute.com. So, uh, Alan, you want to come back again tomorrow to see what Ernie is about, what bomb Ernie might be dropping on us about, uh, you know, what is being earmarked here? Yeah, I, I want to know what all the classic earmarks of what? Of what? What are we seeing here? That's right. So, yes, okay, absolutely. So, Let's come back and do this together tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. So, until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly dear. Life with its sorrow. Life with its tears